0: The Lord's Prayer, that's right, the Lord's Prayer. I figured what better thing to preach on in prayer week than the Lord's Prayer. We have all basically heard this if you've grown up in the church, growing up from the time you are little. It might have been one of the first verses that you have memorized, but I need to be honest with you. These past few years, the Lord's Prayer has arrested my heart. In like a way it never has before. It's shaped this ministry strategy that the Lord has given me. It's shaped how I go and I work and I minister and I move forward in what God has called me. And it's totally revolutionized the ministry that God has for me. And so we're going to dive right in. And I'm, we're really just going to look at the first three sentences. The first three sentences says, starting in uh, verse 9, it says, In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's it. The Lord's Prayer. I really see it as it's the key that unlocks kingdom change in this world. Jesus was on, this was where he's on the Sermon on the Mount, right? He's preaching to the multitudes. He's preaching to everyone, and he's giving them the key to unlock the kingdom. He's like, I want everyone to be able to unlock the kingdom. And so he starts with our Father. That's what he led with. He could have led with any other name of God. Adonai, Elohim, El Shaddai. He could have led with any other name, Yahweh, but he led with our Father. And that was unheard of in that time. You, you need to get this picture. They hadn't related to God on that plane before. They have related to him as Lord, as all-powerful, omnipotent, um, omniscient, but never as that relationship with our Father. But he comes to them, and he comes to the multitude, and he says, this is how you pray. You pray our Father. Prayer positions us to know whose we are and who we are. Prayer positions us to know whose we are and who we are. And we need to start with the perspective that we're talking to our Father. That's it. You need to have that perspective in your mind. Why? Because if we're going to change the world, if we're going to change our families, if we're going to change situations, if we're going to unlock the ministries that God has for us, you better know who you are, and who you belong to. You have to know that. That's the foundation. Why? Because if the enemy can get you to doubt your identity, if he can get you to doubt your relationship with the Father, he knows you will never step into the revival that God has for you. You're in Bible school. I was in Bible school. One of my biggest struggles I had was my relationship with God. I'm here. I'm a minister. I'm preparing to be a minister of the gospel. I have all these things inside of me. But I would look at him and i say, God, how do you feel about me? And it was just a struggle that I had. Because the enemy knows if he can get you to, to doubt your identity, if he can get you to doubt your calling, you will never step in. You will never have the confidence to step into what God has for you. That's what it is. And if you want to bring revival, you need to know you aren't going to light and airy places to bring revival. you're not going to unicorn land if there is such a thing which there isn't but maybe there is who knows you're not going to these light and happy places you're going into dark places you're going into oppressive places to bring the kingdom of God and you better know that you have the authority and the backing of the father you have to know that when we were we lived in um China for several years and we lived in and it's a communist country you know very not God, very not <laughs> welcoming to the things of the Lord. And while we were there, we had um, a pastor come over to visit us and to speak to our teams and minister to us and for us to do some strategy with. And he comes over and he's staying at our apartment and we bring him in and we set him up, show him his little room and he gets in and he goes to bed at night. And as soon as his head hits the pillow, the enemy comes at him and he says this. He says, He says, Who do you think you are? Why are you here? You don't deserve to be here. There's no reason for you to be here. You're a fake. You're a phony. And he started bringing up all these lies that he had dealt with in his past. This is a seasoned pastor in ministry. And he's stepping into communist China, and the enemy comes, and he attacks his identity. He comes at him. Luckily, thankfully, this pastor knew the secret of going into the secret place and combating the lies, but the enemy went after his identity because he wanted to cut him off because if he could get him to doubt that he was called of God to be there in that moment, he would not unleash what God had for him to give to us as a team to see that nation changed. You need to know whose you are and who you are. There was another time I was on a, I took a trip to India in India is Hinduism you know Hindu there's Hinduism all over that's what it is India you go talk about going to a place with strongholds and spiritual strongholds you walk down the street there's an idol there's an idol there's an idol there's an idol everywhere you go there are idols set up to other gods and you're going into this place and we're going in and we're bringing the kingdom of God and on my team I had a young girl um, I'm going to call her Amy I had a young girl named Amy on my team and she had just gotten saved a few years ago in college, so she was a young Christian, but she really had a heart and a desire to go and bring the love of Jesus. So she's on our team, and we're getting ready to go from one city um, to another, and we had to take an overnight train to get there. And so these trains, they have their own—you have your own like little bed. I—I I didn't know what to experience. I'm like an overnight train—is it like Harry Potter? I don't know. Can we say that here? Who knows? Okay, so it's like, what does it look like? So I'm in this overnight train, and you have your own berth, and then you have like a curtain that you can pull. And so we go, and we go, and we go to sleep. I do not know why the enemy attacks at night, probably because cover of darkness, messes with her mind. We're weak at that moment. And so he comes in, and Amy, she lays her head, she's in her own berth, no one around. It's just her. She lays her head down, and the enemy comes, and he says, who do you think you are why are you here you're not like them you're not as good as them you don't know as much of them you don't belong here And he began to bring up things and issues of her past and with her family. You see, Amy came from a very broken family where her mother is an alcoholic and would just say horrible things to her and her sister. And then her dad could be physically abusive at times. And there was a moment when her mom was drunk and and her and Amy got, got into it. And she goes and she turns at Amy and she goes, Amy, you are just like your father. And in that moment, Amy broke Because she said, I'm nothing like my father. And she just began to think of all these things her father did, how he would hit her sister, and and the words he would say, and his attitudes. And that became a stronghold in her mind and in her life, where every now and then that tape would just play that said, you're just like your father. You're just like your father. And it would wreck her. So the enemy comes, and he's bringing those lies, and he brings that tape up again. And the next day we're going, you have to picture this. We're going to minister in front of 8,000-plus people the next day, this huge stadium of people. And so we get there, and you can tell Amy's countenance just, just is off. She's not, she's not who she normally is. And so she's there, and she shares her testimony, and she sits down, and her countenance is just heavy. It's almost like she's zoning out. And so then I get up, and I, I share the message. And part of my message was sharing on how God comes and he changes our signs. He changes words that were spoken over over us. How he changes your sign from sinner to forgiven, from lost to found, and how there's words that were spoken over us and how God wants to come and change our sign. So as I'm sharing, Amy is sitting on the corner, on the side, on the stage, and all of a sudden, she has a vision. She has an open vision, and she's sitting there. And she's there, and she's sitting, and Jesus is beside her. And Jesus goes, and he looks at her, And he says, he goes, Amy, he goes, you know what? You're just like your father. And she turns and looks, and it's Father God sitting there. And in that moment, that stronghold broke. And and she said, I'm just like my father. I'm gracious. I'm compassionate. I'm slow to anger. I'm rich in love. And Jesus came, and he touched that place in her life. And you need to know whose you are and who you are if you want to bring the revival that God has for you. All in Scripture, we say, you need to get the Scripture within you. We say, you know, in Romans um, 8, it talks about being sons of God, right? Right? It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by who we cry out, Abba Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. In Galatians, once again, it says, Um, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. It's in times of prayer, of spending time with God, of saying those first two words of our father, where our our identity becomes solidified in him, where we, we get to know whose we are, and who we are. It's those times where he comes and breaks down those barriers that are holding us back, and those strongholds, and those lies, and the tapes that we have playing in our heads, and you need to know that your relationship with God is one of father and daughter. It's one of father and son. You're not on the outside looking in. You're in the room. You have a seat At the table, you have a seat in the boardroom of heaven. You are co-heirs with Christ. Everything that Christ has access to, you have access to. And you understand that and you get a deeper revelation of that as you spend time in prayer, as you spend time soaking with him. And all you have to say is, our Father, our Father, my Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. One of the greatest examples of this that I see of the person who had an understanding of this is David in the scriptures, right? David, a shepherd boy, he spent, I don't know, years just out in the fields with the sheep. And what was he doing? He was worshiping. He was in prayer, getting his identity solidified with the Father, getting who he was, who God was. He had that so aligned in his heart and in his mind and in his soul that when he went to the battlefield— what happened? When he went to the battlefield to fight a life, his dad comes and he says, hey, bring this food to your brothers. A simple act of obedience changed his destiny. That's a whole other sermon. But, <laughs> but what it is, he goes and he brings his food, the food to his brothers. And the first thing his brothers say, what do they say? Who have you left those few sheep with? What is he doing? You know, great siblings, aren't they great? They a little jab you like, who have you left those few sheep? Why are you here? What are you doing? And you're like, whack, you just hit him across the head. No, don't do that. That's bad. But there's a jab that that the brother gives, right the first interaction, someone's coming against his identity, putting him down, pushing him down. And David's like, what are you doing? That's basically what he's saying. What have I done to you? What are you coming at me for? And then he goes, and he goes to Saul, and he goes in front of Saul to say, hey, I can fight this guy. I can do it. And what does Saul say to him? Saul says, he says, who are you? You're not able to go against a Philistine. You are but a youth. Once again, coming at his identity. And sometimes people will come to you, sometimes the closest people in your life. And they will come at you and say, who are you? You can't do this. You can't bring revival. You can't change this situation. You're not equipped to be. Why are you at Bible school? Who are you to be there? And they come at you to try to cut the legs out from under you. But how does David respond? Because he had that identity, he had that solidity in his heart. He said, the Lord, first he responds to Saul, and he said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. He knew who his God was, and he knew his God had his back. And then he yells to the Philistine, Goliath, he says, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. When you know whose you are and who you are, you can slay giants. That's it. When you know whose you are and who you are, you can slay giants. You can do it. And the father wants to partner with you to slay giants. And he's waiting in expectation to partner with his daughters and with his sons to slay the giants of this world and to bring his kingdom to this earth. And so David knew he had access to the father. we say, our father who are in heaven Hallowed be your name. He knew he had access to his father who was the king of all kings, right? He's seated in heaven. There's no one like him. There's no one beside him. All authority, all power belongs to him. And he knew he had access to that so he could step into slaying giants. He could step into the revival that God has for him. And you need to know that the father is waiting to partner with you to slay giants. He's waiting He's waiting. He's waiting in expectation. And you need to know whose you are and who you are in order to step into what God has for you. And so that starts by the prayer, by being in prayer. Prayer is the engine that brings his kingdom. It's the engine that gets your identity set. And as you're in that engine room, as you're there praying our Father who art in heaven, as you're receiving who he is in your identity, then you begin to align your heart to his heart. He begins to open up his heart to his plans and to his purposes because now he can trust you to fulfill what he wants to do in this earth. So prayer positions you to know whose you are and who you are, but prayer also aligns us to the Father's heart. This is where we go to the next two sentences where it says we pray what? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if you want to see change to this campus, if you want to see change in your family, if you want to see change in a certain area of society or of ministry or churches or nations, whatever it is, you need to surrender to his plans and purposes. Many times we ask the question, God, how can you use me with my gifts and my abilities? Where can you use me? What arena do you want to use this gift in? Or, or we have a certain plan that we think like, God, you can use my singing in this area or my art in this area. And so we, go, we kind of go from the orientation of looking at our abilities and looking at our gifting and saying, God, how can you use me? But that is not the right question to ask. The right question to ask yourself is this, am I available to be used by God? Am I available to be used by God? Someone says, I don't know who someone wise says, your greatest ability is your availability. Your greatest ability is your availability. God is far more concerned with your availability than he is with your ability. He's far more concerned with that just look throughout the scriptures and you'll see how God uses people in their weaknesses and things that there is not their greatest ability, not their greatest gifting. Then God comes and says, Will you be available to bring my kingdom to this area, to this situation? It's a perspective shift. It's reaching out your hands, open-ended, and saying, God, wherever you have for me, whatever you want, however you want to use me, I'm in. You got me. I'm saying yes. To the dress, no. I'm saying yes to this. I'm saying yes to you, God. Whatever you have, I'm moving with you. Can you really pray the prayer, Your kingdom come, Your will be done? It comes at a cost. It really does. Because then what you have to do is you have to then move in obedience to what He shows you. We can pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, all day long. But unless we move into obedience, we won't see it happen. Obedience is a key. You ask for his plans, and then you move with him. I love John 15, 15. It says, Jesus is saying, no longer do I call you servants, for his servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things, All things that I heard from my father, I have now made known to you. They are his plans and his purpose. And as we step into them, the atmosphere change. Atmospheres change. Lives change. Nations change. Society changes. I remember when Alex and I, we launched out from EBINC. We went and we served in Asia, like I said before, in China. And I had, had or heard all these stories. I, we sat where you sat right now. And we had heard all these stories of people coming in and sharing about their minist- the ministry and what God was doing in nations and different things. And I was like, God, can you use me in that? How do I see a movement happen? You know, I want to see nations change. And so I was there. And we land in China and we're... They're doing ministry, evangelism, discipleship, church planning. We're seeing some churches start and then fall away. Some people say yes and then fall away. It felt like we could never get the engine going, right? I was getting frustrated. I'm like, how do people do this? I was like, how do all those people, like, stand up there and say, we saw this happen? I'm like, how does that happen? It was, like, out there, like, I don't know, like grasping at air. And so Alex and I, we heard of a a woman who was coming through our city who had seen – Basically, what we wanted to see happen, she had seen it, this movement just come, come from from her and, and the ministry that God had called her to of, of tons of churches all over Asia and people being saved. And somehow, we scored a dinner meeting with her. I have no idea how. So Alex probably knows she doesn't remember. He doesn't remember. But somehow, we had a meeting with her. And so Alex and I, we were so pumped. We're like, this is it. You know, like we're going to get the secret sauce. Like whatever she says, I'm going to do. You know, like if she says buy this material, I'm buying it. You know, whatever it is. So we get, he had a little motor scooter, a little electric motor scooter. So we hopped on his motor scooter and we went to dinner and we're so pumped and we're there and we're meeting with her. We begin to pour out to her, hey, this is what we're doing. This is where we're at. This is this is what we're seeing. He had like I think a BlackBerry at the time. You know, he had a little BlackBerry out, probably before your time. But uh, he had that out, and he, we were getting ready to take notes. And we said, so we said it all. Out. We say, okay, what what should we do? And she looks at us, and she says, pray, and ask the Holy Spirit what He wants to do, and then do it. So I'm like okay, and I, like, write it down, (laughs) and then I'm, like, okay, well, what about this problem? So we go into another problem, da-da-da-da-da, share it, and I'm, like, waiting. She goes, pray, and ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to do, and then do it, and to be honest, I was super deflated, Uh, which I was, like, frustrated. I was, like, come on, lady, like, really? That's all you got for me? That's not an answer. Like, that's what I felt at the time because I was looking for the 10-step discipleship program. I was looking for the secret prayer to pray, like the hottest new trend that's out there. And over and over she said, pray and ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to do and then do it. And I didn't realize at the time, but that's the secret sauce. That's what it is. And it was, it has revolutionized. It took a while for that to sink in because I didn't like that answer, if I'm being completely honest. Because um, it's, the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants to do. And it can look different from day to day. And you're like, what is going on? But Alex and I, as that has sunk in to our hearts and our lives. It has led us where we pray and ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to do And then we move in alignment with him. That's how you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have an amazing privilege to partner with a ministry called Southeast Asia Prayer Center. And they're in over, I think like 127 countries and nations. And that is their strategy. They pray, they go into a nation, they go into a city, they pray and ask the Holy Spirit what he wants them to do in that city, and then they do it. So we were meeting with um, some of their leaders, and they were filling us in on what's going on in Cambodia. Now Cambodia is a primarily Buddhist nation, like 99.7% Buddhism or something like that. And so they're there, and they, they met with a few believers in, I believe it was a northern, a northern city in Cambodia. And they just go, and they begin to pray. They pray over the city, over the nation. And they begin to say, God, what do you have for us in this city? What do you have for us in this nation? What do you want us to do? And they felt the Lord drop in education in their spirits. They're like, education? Like, we don't, we're not teachers. <laughs> like, we're not certified teachers. We don't know what we're doing. So they say, okay, God, you say education, we're going to do it. So they go and they finagle a meeting with this one uh, school board in the town. And what they found out is this school board in the town, their school is ranked the lowest in all the nation of Cambodia. The lowest school in all the nation. And especially in the area of English proficiency, And so they come and they're meeting with the officials and they're saying, hey, what we could really use help in is English classes, English teaching, English curriculum. And so they're looking at each other like, sure, we can do that. They've never done it before in their lives, they have no idea what they're doing. They're like, yes, we can do that. But they said to the the school board, they said, but you have to know we are Christians. And when we do our curriculum, we're going to share Christian stories. And Christian principles, and we're gonna share about God in our stories and in the curriculum. And the officials, they were the lowest rank. So they're like, We have tried everything else, we don't care, do it. They're like, We'll just, it's like throwing up a prayer, you know, like, We'll just do it. So, like, okay. So they get this curriculum together and they finish it and they implement it in the school. One year later, that school is the top in the region so what do you think happens? The regional school board comes to that school and says, what are you doing? What are you implementing? And they show them this program. They know that it's Christian-based. They know that it has the the values and the principles, and they're teaching about creation and about God and about Jesus. They say, we don't care. We want it. They implement it in the region. Guess what happens the next year? Top In the nation of Cambodia. So now they're at a level where now the school board for the nation of Cambodia has come to them and has said, We want to get you in every school in Cambodia. They're influencing the youth of the next generation, the future leaders of Cambodia. And how did it happen? Pray, ask the Holy Spirit what He wants to do, and then do it. He said, Education. They said, Education? We don't know what we're doing with education. But, God, if you're saying education, we're going to move in the educational realm. There's another story. Um, Have any of you seen there was a movie out about free Burma rangers? It was like a big missions movie. It's amazing. It'll rock your world. (laughs) Matt Slusher was like, yes, it will. (laughs) Free Burma rangers. And really what it is is there was a, um, a gentleman named Dave Eubank, I think that's the name eubank yes eubank and he was raised as a missionary Thai, missionary kid in thailand but then he felt called to go into the army and then and the special forces he actually became a special forces unit person goal measure i don't know how you measure special forces he actually became a special forces person and he did that for a long time but then he felt god calling him once again into missions, but he felt called to go into war-torn nations. And so he said the call that he had was go to the sound of guns, go to the sounds of need, and trust God to show you how to be useful. That was the word he went in on. And so he went into Burma, which is, I believe is now Myanmar. Is that correct? Yes, thank you. And he went there, and and there was a civil war, war war-torn country, lots of War, guns, battle going on. And his whole purpose was going in to rescue those who are in the midst of the conflict. And I mean like with guns, people. I'm not talking like, I don't know. He's like guns, special forces. Picture special forces like a mini army to rescue people. And that's what he raised up in Burma. He had the free Burma rangers that he raised up of hundreds of people who were there just to rescue people caught in war-torn conflict. And as he was there in Burma, they got the call from someone in Iraq to say, will you come to Iraq and help us with ISIS, help us in the war-torn country to drive out ISIS? And so they said, okay, we've never been there. We don't have any contacts there. We don't know how we're going to do this. We don't know any of the army government officials there, but we're going to go. So he packs up him and his wife and their kids, and they go to Iraq, and as they're there, Um, they, what do they do? They pray and they ask the Holy Spirit, what do you have for us in Iraq? What do you have for us here in this, in this nation? And they felt God lead them to, um, the name of a city in Iraq. And it was actually the second, um, biggest stronghold of ISIS in Iraq. And they felt God say that he wants them to help the Iraqi government drive out ISIS in that area to the Iraqi army. And so they're like, okay, we'll go to that city. We don't know how we're going to get there. Middle ISIS, it's one of their strongholds, craziness. We're going to try and get there. So somehow they make it to the outskirts of the city, and they meet an Iraq, the Iraqi general. I don't know how. I don't know how it happened, but they meet him. And the Iraqi general is so surprised that they're there. He's like, one, well, how did you get here? why are you here? What are you doing? Like, no one gets in. No one's around. What is going on? And he basically said, hey, we're here because we want to help you drive out ISIS. We want to help however we can. And so they're talking, and, and Dave, he says to the Iraqi general, and, you know, Iraqi general, Muslim, Muslim nation, Muslim general, and he says, hey, can we pray before we talk further? And he's trying to put on a good front, you know, for a general, like, hey, I got this. I'm all together. I know what I'm doing. And so he's so the Iraqi general says, yes, we can pray. So Dave is getting ready to pray, and all of a sudden, he hears the Holy Spirit say, get down on your knees and pray. And Dave is there, and he's like, I am going to look like a Christian nutcase. <laughs> he's like, I'm here trying to impress myself with this general, this man of influence, and you're telling me to get down on my knees and pray? But Dave said, I knew that voice, and I knew I had to obey. So Dave went, and he got down on his knees, and he prayed, and he got back up. And as soon as he got back up, the Iraqi general, he looked at him, and he says this. He says, you are just like us. You know you are not God. You have a fear and respect of God. You know you need God, and you honor Him. So you can go anywhere you want in my country. That's it. It opened the door for him to go in to Iraq and into those forces and rescue people out of the hold of ISIS. Mark Geppert was the founder of CPAC, Southeast Asia Prayer Center. He says this, the most powerful and effective prayers are the ones the Holy Spirit prays through us. That's it. The most powerful and effective prayer are the ones the Holy Spirit prays through us. Sometimes it's a simple prayer. Sometimes we're looking for the hottest new prayer trend like I was with that woman in China. What do I do? How do I say it? What are the words? But sometimes God just says, just get down on your knees and pray. Or just say, we bind the darkness in the situation it's not complicated it's not overly mysterious sometimes it's just a simple prayer a simple action that opens the door to kingdom change but it starts with us being willing to say god your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven not my kingdom not my ideas not my plan not my timing but your timing, your plans, your kingdom. And prayer is where we receive our marching orders. It's where we get our marching orders. It's where we align our heart to his heart, to his plans, to his purposes. It's where we solidify our identity. Because remember, if you don't know whose you are and if you don't know who you are, you're never going to have the confidence to step into what God has for you. And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to move into a time of prayer. because we're talking about prayer, so we're going to do it. So we're going to move into a time of prayer and activation. We have this amazing amount of time, because I can speak on it, but I want us to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can speak on it, I can talk about it, but it won't, I can't, the whole, but the Holy Spirit is the one who changes things, right? The Holy Spirit is the one who comes and breaks strongholds. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes and removes barriers. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes and gives us the plans of heaven. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes and moves among us. And there are ministries inside of you that the Lord wants to unleash. There are dreams inside of you that the Lord wants to unle- unleash, And the enemy wants to keep you from that, right? And one of the primary ways he's going to do that is he's going to attack your identity. He's going to attack whose you are and who you are. He's going to attack your relationship with the Father. And so we need to get that identity solidified in our hearts and our mind and in our souls. And so what we're going to do right now is um, there's a song we're going to play called Champion by Bethel. And it talks about uh basically whose we are and who we are is what the song talks about. But during this time, this is the activation I want us to do. You can move about the room. I got the permission. You can move about the room. COVID friendly, six feet, whatever, regulations. Do it. And so we're going to move about the room. And as the song plays, this is the activation. We're going to pray. And you're going to pray just our Father. You're going to say, my Father who is in heaven. You're going to pray that first prayer. My Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then you're going to ask God these two questions, okay? Write them down, these two questions. You ready? You got a pen, paper, whatever, notepad, note on your phone? Okay, you ready? Look at that. That's like a five-folder notebook. That is is heavy-duty. Remember back in the day when you'd be in school and you'd go pick out your notebooks? That was always one of my favorites. Did you pick out a notebook, Alex? No. Did you have a notebook? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. So you're going to ask God these two questions. You're going to ask him, who are you? That's all you're saying. My father, who are you? And write down what he says. Pray into what he says, his nature, his character. He might lead you to a scripture reference about who he is, about his nature, about his character. And then the second one you're going to ask him is, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And then I want you to write down what he says. Now for some of you, I was sitting in your seat, so I know this is true. For some of you, that is a scary question. It is, because you are like, what if he says I'm something that I don't want to hear? But you need to know the nature and the character of your father. Some of you maybe like Amy in my story. She didn't have a great relationship with her father. So the concept of our father was just so messed up. But God wants to come and he wants to show you his nature and his character, that he's gracious, that he's loving, that he's slow to anger, that he's rich in love. And he's going to come and he's going to speak about how powerful, how omniscient he is, how he's full of grace. And then he's going to come and he's going to speak words of life over you. And he's going to come and there's some of you that have tapes that are playing in your head. Maybe even coming back for this semester, you are ready to tap out. And maybe coming back to this semester, you said, why am I here? I shouldn't be here. Maybe some of your family members said some stuff over break. I don't know where you're coming from. Maybe it's causing you to question or doubt your calling. And you need to know that you are here for a purpose. You are here for a reason that God has called you that it isn't a mistake, that you are not the tail but the head, that you are chosen, that he wants to bring revival through you, and he's going to speak words of confidence in your life. So you're going to ask him, God, who are you? And then number two, who do you say that I am? And I want you to write it down. Just write it down. And then just begin to soak in his presence. Prayer is the engine. That's where we start. It's the foundation. We start with our Father who are in heaven. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to move into a second activation. So you can bring that, that uh, thing up, whatever it's called. And I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to move about the room, okay? So God, right now, we come before you, and we just commit right now to a lifestyle of daughtership, to a lifestyle of sonship. God, and we say come right now and remove the lies of the enemy where the enemy has come in and he's tried to take away identity, to take away confidence, to take away um, who you are and whose we are because he knows that we have giants to slay. And if he can get us to doubt that, then those giants will still be there. And so, God, we just come before you right now, and we say, reveal to us who you are and whose we are. We pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You are gracious, you are compassionate, you are slow to anger. You are our Father, and I am your daughter, and I am your son. So feel free to move about the room. So, God, we just come to you right now. A key, da 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 Shandar a key, da da Yes, Lord. Key, da 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 da. Shandar a key, da Yes, Lord. Shandar Ki key, da 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 Shandar a key.
1: Believe that, that you choose someone like me to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. You give what we don't deserve, and you take the
0: You are who he says you are. He's undefeated. He's our champion. He's your champion. He fights for you. And he says, You are chosen. You are called. I have appointed you for this hour, for this season, in this moment in history to bring kingdom impact and to bring kingdom change. Over and over he says, I'm going to use you. 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 you are my beloved you are perfect in every way you are righteous and I am your good good father change, to bring kingdom impact. I'm calling you to the table. I am inviting you to the table. You aren't on the outskirts looking in. You have a seat at my table in heaven. He says, I'm going to use you to slay giants. I'm going to use you to change this world. he's going to do is he's going to start to download to you his kingdom and his plans and his purposes. And so we're going to move into a time with this next song, and we're just going to download, and we're going to ask him, God, what is your kingdom? What is your plans? What is your purposes? What does your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth mean? What does it look like? Ask him, what does it look like? If you want to get specific, say, what does it look like in my family? What does your kingdom come look like at EBI and C? And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? And then write it down.
2: to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you what a wonderful message from Jody it's not complicated we are his he's our father brought out some just tremendous things that we need to hear to realize that he is ours and we are his. And if you, isn't it amazing? She was going to the lady saying, I need the, you know, the, uh, I need the, the fix here. Give me all the tremendous things that I need to know, the special sauce, so that I can walk out of here and have uh, more knowledge and then I can go about my life based on what you said. And the woman just basically said, pray, hear from the Holy Spirit, and do what God says. It's amazing. And it's awesome at the same time. You pray, He hears you, and He'll answer you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for Jody and the word that we received from her. God, uh, Father, lead us, these young men and women, as they're seeking you, they're asking you. They're believing you. And Father, as a result of that, you by your precious and most powerful Holy Spirit are going to answer them. And Father, when you do, help them, God, to follow through with faith with exactly what they heard. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you all going to extend maybe a couple minutes over there uh, at the, uh, we have some refreshments and some things, and we'll be back here at um, uh, 10.30, right? About 10.30, 10.40, something like that, okay? Bless you all, thank you.